This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. Thank you so much for joining me and for tuning in to find out easy ideas and tips that we can all do to be doing our bit for the planet and the future. Now, today I'm sharing with you my chat with Georgina Wilson-Powell from Pebble. We recorded this back before Christmas, but life took over, so it's taken me until now to get it edited and out there for you all to listen to, but I hope you'll agree that it was worth the wait. Georgina is the founder and editor of Pebble magazine, which some of you may be familiar with. It's an online digital magazine for stylish, sustainable living. Now, I don't count myself as stylish in any way, shape or form, but Georgina and I do have a lot in common in our approach to all things sustainable. Firstly, we both kind of hate the word sustainable. It sounds so worthy and dull, but we failed so far to find a more exciting alternative, so we're stuck with it as for now. And secondly, we're both very much about working out the things that we can do and not beating ourselves up for all the things that we can't. In today's episode, you'll hear from Georgina about some of the changes that she personally has implemented as well as the awesome things that she's up to with Pebble, including their sustainable city guides and the very exciting Pebble Fest, a day-long celebration of all things stylish and sustainable coming to London in April 2019, with speakers including My Good Self, debates, workshops and sustainable shopping. So sit back, grab that cuppa, take the dog for a walk, whatever it is you do while you're listening to podcasts and enjoy. Hey Georgina, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you today? Very well. Well, a little bit coffee, so excuse me if I uh, cough in, in <laughs> through, the, through our chat. Um, thank you so much for making the time to, to come and chat to us. Can you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about Pebble and what you guys do? Yeah, sure. So I'm Georgina. Um, I launched Pebble just about two years ago. Um, Pebble is a digital magazine um, for stylish, sustainable living. So we are there to help empower people make more ethical everyday decisions. Um, I'm also a fan of alliteration, as you can find <laughs> Um, and we cover sort of food and fashion, travel and design. Um, so everything from food waste uh, tips and advice right through to um, giving you ethical fashion brands that you might want to go and look at um, to massive interviews with incredible green design pioneers to tiny houses, eco travel, restaurant reviews, hotel reviews, anything you could possibly want. We, um, we want to be the destination where you can come and find out everything you might want to know about a stylish, sustainable life. And 
you say that like I just can never believe the amount of content that you like quality content as well that you churn out day in and day out it's just absolutely phenomenal I don't know how you I have no idea how you do it <laughs> I'm not sure um, I've I've been in print magazines for like 17 years so running a magazine to me is is very natural it's very easy um obviously when you're doing something digital you've also got all the social media you've got all the marketing the analytics um lots of feedback all of which is amazing um but yeah we try and make sure there's new content every week so we send out a friday issue to people's inboxes with all our new stories and then we push them through social media um, all the time and try and mix it up so it's some long features some Mm -hmm. five minute guides some reviews um different stuff every week so you said you've been in um print media for did you say 17 years 17 years you don't look old enough (laughs) so how did um how did pebble come about um so i was freelance for a long time uh, for the last four or five years and before that i was working for um people like lonely planet and bbc travel and bbc good food and working on some amazing titles and then when i went freelance i I realised I wasn't writing about what I wanted to write about, what I cared about. So I was writing about luxury hotels in the Maldives, which is fantastic in one way, but also full of guilt and carbon emissions. And it just didn't sit right with me anymore. I'm much more, I want to run an alpaca farm in Wales. That's really (laughs) my heart. And I come from quite a family that's quite conscious about organic uh, farming and living. And I just, the two things were getting wider and wider. And I just thought, well, either I have to leave media all together and go and do something that feels like I'm helping and giving back or I use my skills and actually become someone that communicates really positive things and things that can help people and help us make all these sustainable shifts that in the last two years have just become so obvious that we all need to do Um, and two years ago it felt like this might be a niche product and Mm. I might be talking to only 10 people but if we could inspire one person then we've made a difference now obviously you've had you know david attenborough's blue planet you've had the stacy dooley ethical mm. fashion documentary there's you know unfortunately bad news kind of coming out from every, every every angle um but what i feel really passionate about is helping everyday people make those changes in their lives and it's not just about not buying anything and wearing a hair shirt and yeah living on mung beans you know it's it's adapting your life um into how you you can save things here and there and and not give up everything um, definitely yeah and I think that's that's really important because when we watch planet programs like Blue Planet 2 or the um, Stacey Dooley documentary you referred to and there was the um, Lisbon in Mom drowning in plastic the thing that frustrates me slightly is is it has that shock value it introduces um, issues that maybe a lot of people weren't aware of or had somehow sort of managed to look away from and it and it kind of puts it there on primetime tv and says this is important but I feel like they're really lacking in solutions that we can all do at the end of it because you kind of watch it and you come away going oh crap and like I feel like it needs a a half hour follow-up of okay this is what you can do you know we've there's there's um boy and slat doing crazy things collecting plastic and there's people making plastic from algae and stuff but actually you with the school run and work and all these you know these are the things that that you can do because I think that would be really really powerful and that's I think what Pebble and are are doing and and hopefully what I'm doing with Sustainable-ish as well 
it's very similar like i think we you know we only talk about positive solutions and you know while some products that we feature you know because we are talking about things you can swap to and, and highlighting ethical brands they might range from affordable to say a bit more inspirational price we also focus on stuff you can do for nothing mm -hmm. and there's there's a range of advice there for for recognizing that everyone's going to have different red lines everyone's going to have different areas that they want to draw you know pull back on um i think it's there is this kind of like it's overwhelming and mm. a lot of the industries that we're talking about like ethical fashion like plastic there's no simple solution and yeah. there's no solution for everybody i'm on like three different panels next week talking about ethical fashion for different, wow. various different people and you know we've already had conversations of like well how about when you throw price into it how about like i think the the stacy julie um documentary was showing that cotton's not always the best option and mm -hmm. Sometimes plastic is a better option in clothing, but then we don't want plastics in our water. And yeah. I think people kind of do this like, we don't know. We, we, we're so overloaded with information and misinformation that yeah. we end up not doing anything. And I think- Yeah, you feel like you can't do right for doing wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I think what we're trying to do is cut through some of that and sort of say, look, you're not gonna solve everything, but you can make small changes that make big differences. You can, you know, every day is a new start and every decision you make could be an ethical one. And there's- Absolutely. No yeah, yeah, every single choice you make has can can be a better choice, can't it? Yeah. And that's not saying you have to spend more money at every choice. It's just weighing up where, you know, some people might not have a car. I mean, I don't have a car, but I, I probably rack up the emissions in other ways. Mm. So it's not going to be the same for everybody. And I think, you know, we just try and promote as many different solutions as we can. Yeah. Do it in a way that's fun and stylish and not beating people over the head with it. Yes, yeah, that's so important. And I think it's also really important to sort of get rid of this perception of perfection. Do you know there there is no perfect sustainable life. There is no there are, you know, plastic free gurus and zero waste gurus, but for us ordinary mortals that isn't achievable, but it doesn't mean that we can't do something. Yeah, I mean I've changed all sorts of things since starting Pebble, but my waist is never gonna fit in a jar. <laughs> um, I really wish it would. But you know, that doesn't stop me from trying all sorts of other things and, and trying to inspire other people because again, what's right for them might not be right for me and, and vice versa. So I think we're we try to be quite a broad church. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, I think, but about trying to find another word for sustainable, haven't we? Because it yeah. sounds so <laughs> worthy and dull and I don't know but I yeah I can't think. have you got any made any progress on that? no like we, we we kind of say we we're talking about guilt-free pleasures because we want the, the the focus to be on the positive and that it's fun and accessible rather than just like oh you know boring mm. and I think you've done really well with the sustainable ish because it, it sums that up you know you're trying to do better without you know being stuck because you can't be perfect yeah and I, you know, there isn't, the vocabulary is a bit lacking. And the same way, I think the same way it will change, like people have gone from vegan to plant-powered or plant-based or yeah. eating any plant, well, I can't remember the other name. Um, but vegan still has some kind of connotations of being quite extreme. Yeah. There is, there's a softer version coming through. And I think almost that needs to happen with sustainable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still don't have the word. <laughs> <laughs> We should we should have a competition. Yeah, we? answers on a postcard. <laughs> yeah, or a digital postcard maybe. Um, so we've probably already covered this a little bit, but in terms of sort of the aim or the mission with Pebble, what what would you say that that was? 
Um, I think for us, it's about getting people thinking about their everyday decisions and making those decisions more ethical and whether, like I said, you know, whichever direction that is in, whether that's your food, your fashion, your travel, your homewares, um, you know, lots of, lots of different directions. And for us, it's about inspiring people to make those changes. I think for us, the moment you can stop putting sustainable in front of something because the norm is it gives back or is a circular product or it doesn't cause waste that's success that's mm. to us would be amazing we'd like to say we're a lifestyle magazine yeah um, not a sustainable lifestyle magazine so i think yeah. when we get to that point then yeah tick the box we're done so pebble has a a big online space um as you said this loads of content and articles and interviews uh, around sustainable living but you've also have the sustainable city guides as well so can you tell us a little yeah. bit about them yeah sure so um we launched those uh, earlier this year because we we had a lot of people coming to us kind of going give, can you give us advice for when you go this place or this place and then we we knew through our own networks of some amazing businesses that are all over the country that might not merit an entire feature or we might not have time to do a whole feature about them we wanted to push people towards them and kind of highlight them whether they're kind of micro bakeries or organic breweries or vegan restaurants all these different things and um, artisans and crafters and makers so we thought you know my background is partly in travel guides and, and writing travel guides um, why not do that and why not push people and sort of give them something they can take away and use in real situations and you know direct them to these amazing businesses um, and also help them as they're traveling and to discover cities that maybe you wouldn't think about otherwise um, we very consciously stayed out of capital cities so we launched with Nottingham um, we then had Bristol Brighton was supposed to go live a few weeks ago um, it is going live in a couple of weeks because um, mm -hmm. I've just had such a backlog of stuff yeah. um, to do and Brighton's actually our biggest one we've got 150 listings I think wow uh, and they all have they're all personally checked they're all come from a mixture of between us and local experts um, you know so there's a real labor of love that goes into each one we're not just pulling stuff off the internet and, and compiling it um you know we we are going there boots on the ground and checking stuff out and talking to people and making sure that they fit with what we're what we're talking about definitely and they're, they're downloadable aren't they so you can have it on your phone and there's yeah. a, a little like interactive map isn't there of like all the yeah, different so they're all powered by google maps so as you move around and look through the different listings which i think are on 11 categories so everything from coffee and cake to like farmers markets and crafters and makers um the map moves around and you can see what's near you and you can see you can search for like vegan dog friendly bike friendly yeah uh hot desking as well um so it shows you those and then we're also compiling little half day itineraries so it might be that you want to focus on shopping so we'll, we'll give you a half day adventure that you can go and do um, they're all free they're online so you just type in pebble.guide and it will take you up to the, sort of the main screen you choose your city and then we're hoping to build an app for them next year wow um, so that it will all be just you know you won't have to be online so much you can yeah right. it's such a great idea because um, I think when you do go to a new city and say you, you know, you want to get a drink or you want to go for something to eat, the temptation is to just go to Starbucks or Costa or wherever, because you know that and it's familiar and it's recognizable and you know what you're going to get. But if you want, you know, what you need is a local to go, Oh, actually you want to go just around the corner yeah. to that place there. And, um, 
and and that's kind of what the city guides are aren't they definitely they're, they're very local based and um, we work with sort of different local experts who are very tapped into the kind of green ethical scene in each city and then for us it's that seeing it through everything a prism of being sustainable and eco so you know there's not everything in a city there it's it's the stuff that uses organic produce and local yep. suppliers um gives back to the community they could be running on uh, carbon neutral sort of energy um all of those things are kind of taken into consideration and the fact they have to be awesome on top yeah <laughs> it's not just like oh you're green you'll do yeah um, they really have to kind of live up to what we'd expect um and want to see from people in the magazine so they are curated they're they're sort of our you know our our passion for that city really in one place yeah and how many obviously you you know you've got so many different projects going on and there's only so many hours in the day but how many cities ultimately do you want to have in the in the guides we originally wanted five this year and we've only done three but i think it's taken us a bit longer to do to really research each one properly mm. thought um so ideally we'd like to do five or six next year we'd like to look at doing our first international city next year um, and we'll follow on that sort of staying outside of the capital and really championing the places that, like you said, you might not think of. And also for us, it's, it works in another way of trying to get more um, travellers to not fly and look mm -hmm. at local breaks and shorter breaks, um, regional you know, UK destinations, yeah. so support um, as many UK businesses as we can. And we're based in London and we're very aware that we can get a bit London centric sometimes. So mm -hmm. it's, again, it's another way that we're trying to push that, that back out to people. Brilliant. And so from this, have you developed some different strategies yourself when you're, when you're traveling and have you got some tips for sort of sustainable travel that you could share with us? Um, yeah, sure. I always now pretty much have a checklist of things that I take, um, apart from today when I've forgotten my keep cup, but I do ah. have a hospital. Um, I got some good bamboo cutlery, which actually has been a godsend. I think that's just it's so light and you just chuck mm. it in thing. Um, and I think it's just a bit of planning. Like, yeah. I know we all kind of, maybe there's not enough spontaneity sometimes when we travel nowadays because we're all going to that latest like, Instagram restaurant or trying to get the view or the, the shop. Um, but I think, especially if you're, you know, you want to take your bike or you want to find vegan places, then just come looking on the maps and sort of working out where you want to go. Yeah. Um, and I think just talking to people as well, that's the other thing that's really come through with this. So many people are keen to give us their recommendations and are telling us like, if we go into one business, we need to check out another business down the road. And I think in those smaller places, oh, sorry, um, in those smaller places, you get those really good recommendations and not being afraid to talk to people. Yeah. You know, I'm a visitor, what should I see? Yes. Yeah, it feels slightly vulnerable declaring your tourist status. Yeah, but I, I think in, like you're saying, in Starbucks and Pret and stuff, you know, the reason it works is you're all just anonymous. But if yes. you are going somewhere, then going to that like quirky cafe on the corner and having a conversation, I think is kind of makes the trip. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I was just reminded that you, in, for Plastic Free July, you did a week, didn't you, without single-use plastics. How was that? Hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's fine when you plan mm -hmm. uh, and got stuff with you. I think it's it becomes very difficult when you're running around, running a business, going to meetings, and um, grabbing stuff on the go. Yeah, um, I ended up eating a lot of prep wraps because they come in cardboard. Oh, okay, yeah. 
um, because I think you, you then have a choice between choosing something healthy and choosing something that isn't in plastic and the yeah. two always marry up especially if you're like you know you've only got an M&S near you where mm. you know, I do love M&S but everything comes in plastic yeah um, so I think that that really threw up for me that choice the choices aren't easy is like oh I don't want to use plastic you know yes. you need to be incredibly organized and I'd imagine um, with children uh, like you have to be even more organized <laughs> um, but yeah it's doable it's just it, yeah it's hard yeah and I think it needs That's a realistic a new... <laughs> feedback yeah it needs a new it's it's not simply about oh I'm not going to buy plastic it's it's developing new routines isn't it so it's it's being up early enough in the morning to make your lunch so you don't have to go into Pret or M&S or whatever yeah. and and sometimes you know none of us is perfect and and that that doesn't happen some of the time especially you know until it becomes an embedded habit and things like that yeah. so as you said it's it's a lot of it comes down I think to to planning and to new habits and things but that like any habit is hard to yeah. like I think so Sunday through to about Wednesday or Thursday was great. And I was feeling really like, oh, yay, <laughs> and this is awesome. But I think it throws up the amount of work you need to put in. Yeah. Not to use plastic for a day, which is crazy because it should be, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Um, you know, and to ask everybody to do that every day is, isn't, isn't feasible. Yes. Um, so we do need to look at other solutions. You know, I, think, I think, you know, this is where manufacturers and governments have a role to play. Yeah, um, because you can you can have the best will in the world, but you know when it's so difficult, I think everyone has to kind of look at their impact. Yeah, definitely, and I think you know that really shows that that was one week you were really on it, you were really focused, and you're really passionate about this. And for the general member of the general public who is worried about it, but you know hasn't got the time, energy, or headspace to do that, there needs to be easier options. And I think there are options there are ways that you can shop with less plastic in the supermarket definitely you would struggle to shop plastic free but you know there are things that that we can all do they're making it easier to take your own tupperware in and um you know buying the bag of oats in the card in the paper bag rather than the plastic bag but it just it does take a little bit of thought as well we're so um used to just grabbing the same thing week in week out yeah and that I think has totally changed. Like for me, I, I the way I shop in a, in a supermarket has changed. Like we've, we've basically stopped eating meat because it, a, we don't like, you know, what's being done in industrial farming, and b it all covers in plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the, the picking the glass jars and the and the cardboard tubes and the loose veg and everything yeah. over the plastic and and sort of sacrificing the convenience. Yes, because ultimately that's not really what's what's going to save us. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've seen on, on Pebble such a huge explosion of, of plastic free shops and zero waste shops. You know, I think we do a big roundup on the site and we're now up to 41. I know we've got about five more to add. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's amazing seeing these little very localized shops pop up because they're not can they're not cannibalizing each other because it's also yeah. that their, their audience is local. Um, and I think more and more people are, are shopping like that, hopefully, even if it's just one or two things. Yeah. I can't remember if it was a year ago or two years ago, but I interviewed the guys at Earth Food Love in Totnes. Yeah. And that was at the time the only kind of plastic free zero waste shop in the country. And now, as you say, there are like 41 and counting. So it's just phenomenal that people yeah. have seen this issue and felt so passionately about it that they've, you know, physically set up a business that will yeah have a positive impact on it definitely and a lot of the businesses the people running them are not shopkeepers they're mm. not 
they're not experienced in retail they've just kind of gone oh i i want to make a difference i could do this and i think those if you can scale that up that could have a huge impact on how we shop yeah and get rid of the plastic packaging because obviously it's not just about the stuff we buy when we're out and, and saving the coffees and the water bottles and stuff it's everything and we've done a lot around plastic free skincare and, and looking at what's in your bathroom as well because people forget about that you know they they eradicate it all and then they're full of shampoo bottles yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so and, and I, it can feel endless yeah 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 I don't know if you saw, but that I think there was, it might have been yesterday on Radio 4 that Guy Watson from Riverford was on and he said that the, his concern about the plastic free movement is that it um, diverts attention away from climate change and action on climate change. What have you got? Have you sort of thought about that at all? Yeah, definitely. I was actually having this conversation with someone else yesterday as well. And um, after hearing that, I think he's got a lot right in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, Plastic is a very visible, very consumer issue. And it yeah. feels like we're doing something when we get rid of plastic straws. And we are doing something. You can't take that away. But ultimately, there is a wider picture here. And I think, you know, when we were touching on ethical fashion a while ago, so many of these industries are interlinked. You yeah. can't tackle one and, and in isolation. You know, mm-hmm. I think what, what Riverford are great at is stepping back and seeing the bigger picture. They have that experience. They've been in, in you know, in organic farming for an awfully long time and they're very involved in other industries. Um, and it does all go back to emissions. It does go back to the, the keeping everything below the 0.5 degree change and as unlikely as that looks at the moment. Um, and all these, these sort of symptoms in a, in a way that we're kind of concerned about and the, the plastic and the microplastics and the food waste it is it does all come back to emissions um, yeah if you look at food waste we're bothered about food waste because we're wasting uh, land the size of europe producing food we don't use yeah. which goes back to emissions yes so yeah think, you know that that perhaps has got lost in in the in how you're explaining it to people yeah so I've, I've been thinking a lot about why the plastic free movement seems to have taken off so quickly and has really seems to have sort of grabbed the the public attention and the and the media's attention and i think it's what you said it's very visible we can see it whereas climate change is a very invisible it's not tangible you can't see it you can't you know scientists can measure it but we can't measure yeah. it and i was i was listening to a podcast uh i can't remember the name of the podcast a while ago but they were saying climate change is actually like the perfect storm of problems that we cannot solve because it's invisible to most times the naked mm it's unmeasurable it's long term Mm. it's not it's so abstract in many ways that they just switch off it's a bit like saying sustainable you know like people Mm. oh what you know yeah I think with plastic you can see the cause and effect very very clearly you you drink out of a plastic bottle and then you'll go for a dog walk and you'll see litter on the ground or you'll see something on social media one of those horrific pictures of all the plastic washing up on the beach and you can see the connection between your action and the the end result whereas you don't get that with climate change do you and i think it's it's worth remembering that all these kind of actions that we're trying to talk about so food waste and plastic waste and zero waste and ethical fashion they all link back into this big issue of climate change that's what we're all trying to change and stop yeah yeah so how optimistic do you do you feel about the future and climate change especially following on from that IPCC report that came out a couple of weeks ago talking about the need to keep the temperature change sort of below or at or below 1.5 degrees. I think like anyone working in this sector um, 
I veer between head in my hands and sheer joy, um, depending on the time of day or the day yeah. or anything else. Um, because to take the positive, I think there are now so many people switched on to the impact on the planet and they want to make change. The desire is there. Yeah. Um, and I think if they can be amalgamated and, um, you know, corralled into one, mm-hmm. we were talking, you know, how do we, how do we join forces with everybody that, yeah. that make a change and so that we can make bigger impacts i think if we could figure that out that would really really help um and i think you know the desire is there to change now when you talk to individuals where i start to get a bit more um despondent is i think when you go higher up the chain yeah um, i think there's a lot of brands making enormous changes and i think there's a lot of positivity there and i think there's a lot of hope um for lots of small and medium-sized brands and even some amazing global brands that are really really you know changing their supply chains changing everywhere everything they they do but i don't know about you but i don't see a global um a coming together mm-hmm. on a global level of people um you know we can all make these actions and that's brilliant i think they do have an impact i don't believe that the saying that individuals can't make a difference i think mm-hmm. they really can but i don't see this joined up thinking around the globe and i think that's that's a yeah. worry um, I don't. I think I don't see the political will. Yes, the political. That's kind of what I mean. You know, you've got countries going in completely other direction. Yeah. Um, the Philippines, possibly Brazil. Um, you know, some some of the, you know, um, more recent democracies are kind of not really thinking about climate change. Um, and I think that's you know, if you're looking at the global level, that's a real worry. Mm. Um, but I think when you start drilling down into a more local level there's actually a lot of hope and inspiration there and that's really what we want to harness and help yeah and and i've been thinking a lot you know how do we harness that individual passion and how do we all come together but also how do we turn that into political will how do we influence our mps and our political leaders and you know say to them look this this matters this is important because i think there was a a study last year or the year before saying that the reason that MPs don't see climate change as an issue is because their constituents aren't telling them that it's an issue for them. If they thought they were going to get voted out because of it, because of their inaction, they would suddenly see it as a yeah. yeah. And I think there is that disconnect between us wanting to do something and make a, a better world and, and have less impact and not being that involved in politics. Yeah. That is the missing link. Like if we're if we're saying we want to see, you know, be the change you want to see, and all of, all of that kind of stuff, then we have to get involved in politics ourselves. We have to, you know, start having that impact on the system that ultimately guards the change, the big yeah. change. Um, and that doesn't even mean, um, you know, we've all got to go and stand for office. It's it yeah. it can be as simple as tweeting your MP, can't it? It can be as simple as sending them an email or a handwritten letter or going along to one of their surgeries. I just think we need to start being a bit more belligerent might be the wrong yeah. word but being a bit bit louder about this you know really laying can, out that, and that's brilliant and we can inspire each other and that's brilliant and we can inspire our brands and i think brands are starting to listen and they are starting to change because consumers have told them they have to and now it's about that like how do we impact up if you like mm. um, how do we how do we make a political um change yeah that, that reflects the environment because the environment doesn't have a voice you know, it only has us yeah and i know over the over the years people have looked at having an environmental like um, ambassador haven't they for sort of 
the things that, that someone to, to represent the environment's right. rights and needs. But I think all that's got lost in the, in the last few years. But, you know, the environment and the, and the future of the, of the environment is, is relying on us, really. Not mm, to be yeah. Dramatic. It, it's so frustrating, isn't it, that it feels like, well, it's it stated in the, in the IPC report, we need to take unprecedented action. And everyone for about six hours went, ooh. And then it's just kind of like nothing happened. What? Yeah. And unfortunately, we've got other problems that get more airtime and get mm. more newspaper columns. And, you know, the big B word um, <laughs> needs to really just be over and done with. Yes. So we can get on with focusing on the longer term problems that, that potentially are much more impactful. Yeah, yeah. So what changes you've talked about reducing uh, meat and some of the changes you've made around plastic. Are there other changes that you've made to, to sort of more sustainable changes, I guess? Yeah, so um, I have not bought anything. I don't buy fast fashion anymore, so I mm -hmm. buy a lot of secondhand and vintage. Um, when I do buy new, I buy with ethical fashion brands. Um, and that goes for shoes, that goes for jewellery now. Um, mm -hmm. so anything I'm buying. Everything else, I kind of have almost put a pause on buying anything else. Yeah. Um, I don't really spend on like homewares and, and, and stuff that you just collect. Yeah. That, I have to admit, comes from running a small startup um, yes. and being on pretty minimal salaries. Um, definitely food, uh, looking at food waste and using apps like Too Good To Go and Olio, which help mm -hmm. connect you to either food that's going to go wasted or, or that you can share amongst your, your sort of local peers. Um, I'm actually in the hub with uh, well, they've moved um, Oddbox, who are sort of, um, a London delivery service who make wonky veg um, deliveries. So they oh, use brilliant. vegetables, um, a bit like Abel and Cole, but just with sort of leftover yeah. kind of um, veg. Um, and it's just trying to make those everyday decisions. Like my my partner uh, loves fizzy water, so we've switched actually to a soda stream, which has saved. We haven't bought a bottle fizzy plastic bottle of water now for six months. Yeah, um, utterly revolutionized how <laughs> my partner is shopped um which is thank god um and actually we're it's interesting we're about to um rent out our property um on airbnb and i'm, I'm kind of thinking right well i don't want them to have plastic so yeah. what can we leave that's like so they can have shampoo and things yeah rather than miniatures and yes, yes. You know, what can i encourage them to do can i can i leave a couple of keep cups can i yeah know, direct them to locally that they can they can do all this kind of stuff so um i think it's it's going back to what what we said was our mission is just every decision you're thinking you're making or you do make yeah how can you change that so that it has less of an impact and yeah it's it's a learning curve isn't it you can't you can't do everything all at once you can't go out and buy a whole new wardrobe which would negate you know sending close to the landfill as well yeah um and i think you know something you talk really a lot about and really well is is just making the things you can do and it's a slow process so yeah i think i'm yeah. not 100 there yet but hopefully yeah and i don't think there is a there is there i don't think there is a it's it's a journey without a destination almost because I, there will always be one more thing to do no unless you're living off grid in a yurt with the hair shirt and the mung beans, do you know, like, which is aspirational so, for most I mean, we've, we've swapped over all our skincare, so it's all sort of package-free and, like, hard bar shampoos and using homemade stuff. And, but, you know, we're about to move out of London and we're going to have to buy a car. Mm. So, okay, well, what car can we buy that either has zero emissions or low emissions or can we look at electric? Yeah. Um, 
you know so it's it's <laughs> yeah it's never it's never going to be a set thing a set um like you said there's never there's no one destination i think yeah and what would you say your biggest challenges are in in making those small changes um i think i'm in a very lucky position that i have a lot of information at my fingertips i have yeah. a great network of people and i've in, immersed myself in this world for several years and i know an awful lot of solutions are out there and i also know the people running them um i think that puts me in a very privileged yeah, position yeah. you know that i don't have to start from scratch with the information side yeah um, my biggest challenge is time yeah. that is my, <laughs> my shortfall and money and mm. like anyone else i'm living on a budget and that isn't a big budget so i think you have to get creative yeah and i think you've hit the nail on the head that is probably the three challenges for everybody is uh, time money and overwhelm as well that yeah. overwhelm of all the things that you could be doing and all the information that's out there and where do you even start and then you just think oh god you know like I'll go back to bed no yeah exactly I mean why go out of bed sometimes but um I think one person said to me the other day was that um you know if you are feeling overwhelmed you pick one thing yeah. and you start there so it could be actually that your main concern is animal welfare it could be that it's plastic it could be that it's industrial farming it could be cotton you know and you start there and you make those changes yeah. that relate back to that issue and then once you feel happy with that and it might yeah. take it might take a year however long you start with something else and i think that's a good way to kind of break it down because yeah and i think for all that we've said earlier about plastic being a bit of a distraction to um the main issue around emissions and climate change actually i think plastic is a really good in to, yeah. to the wider area and I also think fashion is a really good in as well because um it's you know we all wear clothes we all use plastic those are things that you can quite easily take some really impactful changes around and I think once you start on this journey it's almost difficult to then not keep on yeah, and to keep on. and I think once you have your eyes opened you can't it's like Pandora's box isn't it you yeah. can't really go put the put the information back again and I think plastic for for like you said for everything it's not just getting rid of plastic isn't going to solve the world but it will solve a lot of problems and it's a, like, it's very visible it's doable you know fashion is the same you know once you, when you're coming up to buy something new can you buy second hand can you do a swap can you look at yeah. an brand can you not throw your clothes away you know we've had a huge conversation over on our sort of facebook community about people that throw their clothes in the bin and other people going how can this be and you're like well, I can understand why people do it. It's just lack of knowing where they can send them instead. Yes, um, or it being harder to, to do that, to, yeah. to do the right thing. Yeah, um, so I think it's just arming yourself with as much information as you can yeah. and going, making small, the small steps. Yeah, so, and that actually is, I was going to say, what advice would you give anyone who's sort of, you know, maybe watched some of the recent documentaries and is thinking about making some changes? would it be that just pick one thing and do that there's that and i think another way to really is a really good in is to look at what's going on locally mm -hmm. so you know get to grips with your recycling um policy from your local council because they're all different yeah you know, understand where your clothing recycling bins are look at your local charity shops your local community groups um repair cafes you know yeah. that can be mended um and really start getting involved at a local level because i think once you do you then see the impact of those changes and that yes. inspires you to make more you know we, we, we it's it's like sort of the the charity thing isn't it you can send 20 quid off to oxfam and it's great but you don't see the impact of it mm -hmm. immediately 
you know you're doing good but you know if you help out at a local you know soup kitchen or whatever you want yeah. to do you're, you're you're getting that impact back yeah and that's a really when you've, you're suffering from overwhelm look at your local council look at local politics look at local ways you can help and and feel good about it yeah and i think that connection as well is really important because when you first start off on this journey it can be very easy to feel very alone and like you're the only one who's doing anything and that contributes to your overwhelm especially if your um you know your friends or your peers or your work colleagues don't seem that engaged with it and aren't in the same place as you so finding local connections of people who are in the same sort of headspace as you and you know also the online community is massive yeah um so you know one of the, the questions that that i've got to ask you is where can we find you so there are places where we can come and connect with other people on the same journey so um, you mentioned your facebook group didn't you yeah so we have a facebook group um the pebble pod which um is quite similar to, to sustainable ish and and i think a lot of people are in both and it's great to see lots of different conversations going on um so we're just at pebble pod on facebook um and then you can find us on social media at pebble magazine on instagram and pinterest and twitter and facebook as well we have our pebble guides which is pebble.guides and then we send out our Friday issue, um, Friday lunchtime, with all our new content, with competitions, with ways to get involved, lots of different things, and you can subscribe to that. It's just a free um, email address. Um, Brilliant. That's kind of a really good way to start. Yeah. We also try and answer any questions people send in. So if you do have something oh, covering, and think we should be, um, then do let us know, and we will try and find a way of covering it. Brilliant. I will pop all those links in the show notes for people so they can come and find them. And then I guess the last question is kind of, and I feel guilty asking it because I know how busy you are, but what next? <laughs> we are launching a really big Pebble event next year um, in April. And that's all I can say at the moment. <laughs> but if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll be the first to know when Brilliant. we have new. Watch we this space. For, will it be the first yeah. sort of live Pebble event? The first one we've done under our own name, yeah, we get involved in a lot of other people's, but the first one that we're kind of staking our claim on, um, because we did a reader survey recently and something like 83% of people that follow us want to come to a Pebble event, so we're listening. <laughs> oh, fabulous. that's super, super exciting. Yeah, um, by which point I might have gone completely grey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know how you fit it all in. Uh, no, neither do I, right? So, but it will, it will work. It will get there. It will, it will happen. So, um, yeah, watch the space. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us and tell us all about all the awesome things that you're doing. And I think, as you said, there are times when you know you're working in this field and you do feel quite despondent. But I think connecting, you know, with people like you who are on a very similar mission to to make this as accessible as possible to everyone it just it, it gives some hope i think which is yeah, what we all and I, I think that's the you know we're all here to talk we're all here yeah. to help each other and i think as well as you know running magazines and running groups and, and, and stuff we're we're in it with you um you know we're, we've got the same challenges um yeah. if we don't have the solution we probably know someone that does yes um, so and always sometimes, and sometimes there, there isn't a, a neatly yeah bow-tied solution and, yeah, and it's nice to know that there isn't and that you're not missing something sometimes yeah brilliant thank you so much georgina and i will catch you very soon so much.
you've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review, and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is, and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time.